Hi, everybody. Welcome to the MM&M podcast. I'm Steve Madden, Editor-in-Chief and General Manager of MM&M. And with me today are a couple of my favorite people from the world of medical marketing, Josh McCaslin and Paul Hagopian, known to you as the Splice Guys. Josh, Paul, welcome. Hello. Thank you. It's funny to see you this way, Paul. I think uh, the last time I actually saw you, we were, uh, we were in your office in the Bay Area. What? Emeryville, right? Yeah, our offices are uh, in Emeryville, pretty centrally located. And I think what was when we did talk, we, we shot our video in what was the old Pixar Studios. That's right. Uh, you guys have a great story, and it's a, a story that continues to evolve at the speed of uh, coronavirus. And that's what we want to talk about here today. I'll give a little bit of background to this whole thing. The time that Paul was just referencing was in November of 2019 when M&M uh, went to Splice's office, which used to be, uh, as Paul said, the, a Pixar production studio space. And uh, we recorded uh, over the course of almost a whole day, a Friday, a series of videos explaining why, in Paul's words, things are different here. Um, Splice, things are different here. And by here, he meant uh, Emeryville, the West Coast, uh, sort of away from the centers of medical marketing that that tend to congregate in places like New York and Chicago. And it was a great day, great hospitality, great insights, a lot of really good, engaged, smart people. And then the pandemic happened. So, you know, four months after, maybe not even four months after we had that epic recording session, the world went virtual. And what we're here to talk about today is how Splice has adapted to that and pivoted seemingly on a dime to sort of reinvent itself. Paul, why don't you get started by telling us a little bit about what happened and how you went from it's different here to where you are now, which is when here can be virtually anywhere. Uh, you know, I, I think it probably starts at the beginning of the story. I think when we had started Splice and, and honestly being from the Bay Area, uh, technology was just kind of inherent in everything that we do here. So we built the infrastructure of the agency unbeknowing of this pandemic happening so that literally you could work anywhere and everywhere and have access to everyone. So when the pandemic hit, it was actually a pretty natural transition for us to be able to work in that live space together, which is always like, you know, uh, amazing to have that face-to-face to being able to work remotely. And I think part of it was us just thinking about how do you build an agency for tomorrow uh, I'm sure there was a little bit of luck, and I, I will say plenty of hard work, not only from the founders, but you know all of our staff in being able to collaborate together seamlessly. Josh, you have, uh, how, how would you amplify what Paul said? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what Paul was saying, and you know, look, the pandemic has been so difficult for so many people and and so horrible in so many ways. But you know, culturally, it splices really an opportunity to truly live our values. You know, we'd spent what, four years before the pandemic building something that we truly thought was unique and special and that people could thrive within it. And then when we were forced literally overnight to transition to over to working from home, it wasn't really adaptation in a sense where it was just, it was sort of seamlessly stepping into, you know, this next phase and it allowed our culture quite frankly to thrive. Sure, we miss being together and we miss the in-person collaboration and everything around that. But, you know, in many ways, our culture has thrived in all this. And it was just, it was more seamless than I thought it ever would have been, despite, you know, the logistical difficulties of it all. Let's talk a little bit about, about culture. 
Uh, actually, let's talk a lot about culture. I think it's worth mentioning that, that what you're listening to today is the first in a series of podcasts that we'll be doing with Paul and Josh to talk about culture and how culture has evolved in the face of the pandemic. We talk an awful lot about agency culture and how important it is. Your culture uh, has, has undergone a, a, a pretty radical change that was part uh, your decision but partly brought on by the pandemic. Paul, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that evolution? Yeah, I think the culture has to start back with us as adults, individuals, managing our lives and working at the same time. I think a lot of agencies always talk about this work-life balance. And and I think I kind of call bullshit on that, right? Because I think for me, it's more about a work-life integration. I think it's the richness of your life is what you bring to a creative agency day in and day out. So you can't make people choose. You can't make people choose, am I going to do this or I'm going to do this? And there's no way for them to be together. So culturally, that's how we've always built our agency. Then basically making sure that we treat everybody with respect and pushing and saying, hey, Lou, we got to all collaborate together. We're a team. As much as we're a family, we're a team. We're a team that everyone is responsible for doing what they need to do, working on their game, and all, you know, kind of putting the best foot on the court to be able to to win. And I think that has been a lot about how we approach our culture, which is giving people the freedom to be able to explore their own personal goals without sacrificing their professional goals at the same time. You just touched on something that I find really interesting, and that is, you know, a lot of a lot of companies, not just in the medical marketing space, but uh, in society in general, talk about how they are family or they have a family approach to it. But in, in talking with you earlier, one of the things that you mentioned is that we're a little less like a family now and a little bit more like a professional sports team or an Olympic team. Josh, how does that work? What, what exactly is the difference? What do you mean? Well, you know, when we were younger and smaller as an agency, I think in many ways we were like a family because you had to be, you know, things were so difficult as a startup. But as we evolve and bring on more people, we really do become more like a team. And, you know, from a sports metaphor perspective, it's really about having people who are at the same time focused on themselves and their own skills and ability, but trusting that your teammate is doing the same thing. So when you pass them the ball or throw them the ball, that they're going to succeed and your success is their success. And it's, it's, uh, there's just a lot of trust that's involved in that and thinking like putting the individual work, I'm going to make myself better. And in the process, I'm going to make the team better. And I'm trusting that everyone else is doing that because I know they're doing it. I see them doing it. I'm there day in, day out. And, you know, just going, you know, the camaraderie that comes from accomplishment and overcoming challenges. I mean, that's very team focused as well. But it also means, uh, uh, you know, and there's a very cold, uh, not cold, but uh, stark reality that's involved with professional sports teams. And that if you're not performing, this might not be the right place for you to be. And that's kind of unlike a family where you have to say, like, look, your family will carry you. That, that's kind of a big change that you guys have made. What, what went into your thinking? So I, I think getting back to the team, as much as we're team members, we're also coaches and leaders right? Um, We try not to get too much in the way of the individual team members that are high performers, but we have to show leadership and guidance. And and I'll get to your answer, but there's probably just a a little bit of context that I think is necessary, which is 
we got to be able to provide focus on what it is that we're trying to win. And that means everybody needs to be at least pointed in the right direction. And if you're putting an honest day's work in and being able to, to say, like, I've, I've done something to push the ball forward, having not just the right skills or what we call aptitude, you got to have the right attitude too. And that's really apparent. It's really apparent when the team doesn't function right. And often in our organization, when all the team players aren't feeling like someone's a team player, we don't have to call it out as leaders. The team players are saying, hey, look, coach, you know, maybe this is not going to work. And they'd much rather work with team members they want to work with that are going to kind of up their game than have to work with team members that they don't. So it's, it's not as uncomfortable as you think. It kind of sorts itself out. It's an important part of culture, though, that you make it, uh, you create an environment where people are comfortable saying, you know, this, uh, my, my teammate's not, um, not the best person for me to be throwing the ball to, to, to extend the metaphor. For sure. I mean, that's, that's difficult. I mean, that's when sort of candor comes into place and, and trust. And, you know, we're working really hard these days on trying to be more candid with each other and being honest with each other. And, you know, I think we've spent a long time instilling splice values in everyone. I mean, the joke I always make is our cultural values aren't just words that we painted on a wall. We use them to make decisions every day for our brands, for our clients, and for our individual teammates. And, I think that we've done this well enough to where we're, we're 55 plus people now and all those people sort of understand those values and translated themselves. So they're able to see that when we bring new people on or we overcome challenges or see good people that maybe are going through a tough time for whatever reason, not living up to those values, having the ability to candidly look at them and say, Hey, this isn't splice and not telling their manager, not telling one of the partners, but going straight to them and having positive intent and saying, look, I know that your goal is to do this, but you're not doing it because of X, Y, and Z. That's really hard, and it's going to be an ongoing thing, but it's what we're focusing on. What I would just, what I would just add to that is I, I think the, what Josh speaks about is candor is it, it, it starts at the top. I mean, we're first-time entrepreneurs starting an agency, running an agency, growing an agency. We haven't done this before, and I think the candor part is being able to recognize that we also need to continue to learn as leaders. And I think because our teams know that we're not so sensitive that we can't get feedback, they know we're in it too. You can't just give, you know, project coordinators and, and, you know, entry level people, all that feedback. Us as founders, us as partners have still a lot of journey to go. And that's what life is at Splice. It's a journey, right? We're all on our own personal journey and Hey, we get a professional journey too and have a lot of fun doing it. So, um, you guys touched on um, you touched on candor, which is an important word. I, I understand in the in the splice culture, and it's part of one of the pillars. And it's the intent of this series of podcasts to really drill down into each one of the pillars. What I want to do uh, with our remaining time for this one is to sort of outline what the what the pillars are, how many are there, and what are they. And that will set us up for, uh, for our following conversations. But I think it's important for us to, to understand what they are and where they came from. Josh, you want to uh, start to explain what those pillars are? Sure. You know, when, you know, one thing we realized as we started an agency is you can't retroactively build a culture. You know, you can't have this entity grow and then like, oh, let's try to put a cultural infrastructure around it. It doesn't work that way. It topples. 
So from the get, we really spent time thinking about what are our values, what are our pillars, and you know we came up with sort of three, which evolved to four core ideas that um, that we live and breathe every day. And the first one is that the brand comes first. Um, there's going to be decisions that you have to make as time goes on, where you you know like what should we do here? Maybe it's not in our best financial interest. Maybe this is you know is a territorial thing. But if you say hey what truly serves the brand, what puts a brand first, the answer is going to come. It's going to be very simple and easy and you're not going to have to overthink it. Next one is creativity without walls. And that one's like, look, we demand creativity from everywhere. You know, for up to me, I think we'd probably just not have a creative department because I think everyone needs to be creative and we need to celebrate the creativity in different forms of it. Sure, there's a classic sort of concept and headlines and, and things like that that are traditionally creative, but there's also other things such as um, a difficult conversation with a client or a really creative timeline. Those things are creative and are just as essential to the business. Making the moment, that's another value of ours where, hey, we want people who are gonna lean in, raise their hand. I don't care if you've been here a week. If you say, hey, I used to do it this way or what about this, we'll give it a try. Get the data, see if it works and maybe incorporate it into our process. You know, it's, we need mm -hmm. people like that. And then, you know, the work from heart mantra, which, you know, Paul can expand on a lot, but fundamentally it's about being empathetic and treating both our clients and our teammates like heroes. You know, we get, you work in client services, it's going to be difficult to receive feedback sometimes. But if we sit and look and think about our clients, like they're human beings and, you know, they're dealing with things that, you know, that we're dealing with as well. And if you are empathetic and think about what that is, um, you know, what's behind those comments, it's going to be easier to execute on them and deliver remarkable work. Okay, so we've got four pillars or, or values. Um, the brand comes first, creativity without walls, make in the moment, and work from the heart. Um, Paul, could you tell me a little bit about what, what went into the thinking that uh, led you to arrive at these four pillars? So I, I think, you know, you got to look at all the, all the history. Starting in New York at Klein Davis and Mann, just as like an intern, you right? did. That you're talking did. about your own your own career. Yeah, path. my own my own personal career path. Um, you know, I was an intern. I was hand annotating photocopies at the copy machine. You know, putting little stickies on them, throwing eighty pounds of references on a hand truck, and going across Forty Second Street. What right? year was this, Paul? God, I think that was 1996. Wow, um, is when I did that. And and from that point to to when. I was able to meet with my partners. I learned so many things, good and bad, right? First, you imitate as you go from job to job as you're learning. And then you finally get to a place where you start creating your own point of view. And the four pillars, I think, are the melding of the four founders and our four founding points of view, which I think bring it together. And I think it, it allows things to grow from there. As Josh had kind of kind of talked about, those four pillars have really led to such success in our agency. And 2020, from a pandemic standpoint, has really pushed us to learn and say, you know, we're not done learning. There's a lot more to go. So these are guideposts. These aren't rules. These aren't, you know, hammered into stone tablets. Um, they are what they are. And we're doing the best we can to, to continue to make this agency thrive. Have these four pillars stood the test of time over the past 12 months? Yeah, I def de oh, definitely. I mean, I, we wouldn't have made it through the past 12 months without that. There's no question. That's sort of what I was getting at earlier, where it wasn't really a question of adapting to the pandemic, which sure, there was, there was a lot of stuff we had to do. But 
it, it was a foundation. A hurricane came and we had battened down the hatches and we could withstand that sort of windstorm really when it came down to it because of those values. And I look at it as almost like a sedentary process in the sense where like there's layers upon layers and we had that foundation and each year there are new themes that we build upon still from the foundation of those four those four values, but we add to that. So, you know, this year from a cultural standpoint, building on those values, we're thinking about things like exploration and candor, like we've talked about and, you know, focus and these things are ways to sort of crystallize people like, you make it a little more tangible those values. So there's specific things individuals can work on to make sure that there's living those values. I think that creativity without walls may have been metaphorical when you guys founded the agency um, a few years ago, but now it's, it's quite literal uh, over the tw past 12 months. There, there literally have not been walls. And one of the things I love about, uh, I love about Splice and, one, and what you do is to extend the metaphor about, uh, about without walls is the walking and the Strava group yeah. that you guys have. Uh, Paul, do you want to talk a little bit about that and, and maybe tell us, uh, give us a couple of facts or figures about the, the impact that this has had on you personally? Yeah, for sure. So um, the walking actually started also with our founding when we didn't have a very large office space and we were all kind of crouped up like a can of sardines. We would end up having lots of walking meetings because it just was hard to have conversations. But then, you know, as we grew, we always knew that we had a diverse group of people that worked at the agencies, mountain bikers, hikers, runners, race car drivers. I mean, it's that creativity without walls. But when we got into the pandemic, what we realized was all this screen time, man, was killing you, absolutely killing you. And we made it a point to kind of just start saying, okay, guys, let's start going for walks. You know, the first, let's just say from March to like October, it was like batting down the hatches, everybody sit on your Zoom and like have as many meetings as you can. But then all of a sudden you're getting fatigued. People just kind of breaking down. Me personally, major breakdowns. So I was finally like, you know, I'm going to get my sneakers on, right? And I'm going to just start walking. I don't necessarily need to see Josh or my partners, you know, every day on Zoom, hearing their voice was enough. So I strapped my sneakers on. And then we started going. And what we started to do was just promoting that and saying, hey, get off your laptops, get off your computers, get outside. And then some of us were on Strava. And then all of a sudden, all we knew is we had, you know, a third of the agency on our Strava group. And all of a sudden you look at the Strava group and it would be like, you know, walking behind the market research wall, right? Or somebody tackling some insane steep on the coast or be just being able to have one-on-ones or have revenue conversations. You don't need to be tied to here. And let me tell you, the happiness factor, the productivity factor of everyone was psyched to the point that like we talk about it all the time. We share our experiences more than just what's happening in the office. We're now making them stretch way beyond what is the traditional nine to five or what's the traditional in your, you know, your, your ass in the seat in front of Zoom. Now, Paul, I have to ask you, I, I know that this has had, the walking has had a profound effect on you um, yeah. personally. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, all that sitting, you know, people talk about the COVID-15, COVID-20. In October, I uh, made a promise to myself to change my personal life. And I think since October till now, just through walking and talking at work, I have walked over 2.2 million steps and I've <laughs> dropped over 70 pounds. 
That's amazing. In just walking. That's that's pretty amazing. And uh, and Josh, it looks uh, it looks to me as if this uh, this uh, you've still been able to work in the agency from a a, a lift chair. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big snowboarder and my whole family is. Um, and again, you know, it's, it's using technology and not letting technology use you. So I've taken productive, useful calls from lift chairs, from picnic tables at 9,000 feet. And even, you know, sitting on my butt in the middle of like of a glade, um, with like three feet of powder around me, having sort of a meaningful conversation, not just listening in, but actively contributing Part of that's technology, but most of it is sort of the culture we have. And, you know, it's like Paul and I and our other partners setting an example of like, look, we're not trying to hide that I am on a mountain right now or that I'm taking a walk right now. Like, I'm, I'm in fact, I'm trying to celebrate that. And I want you to do the same thing. You would be amazed how many calls you can take in these situations. Sure. Plenty of things like reviews. You got to be on your computer and see it. But so many you don't. And it's like, I don't want people to be tied to that. I want them to go out there and do that. As long as they're transparent about it and communicate with their teams, like there's nothing wrong with it. Well, as I mentioned, uh, this is the first in a series of podcasts um, where we're going to, uh, the next few, we're going to dive deeper into each one of those four pillars that you, uh, that you guys have outlined. And I'd like to throw out there an idea that we record one of them while all of us are outside. Uh, I, can, I can be walking in New Jersey um, and you guys can be walking wherever you want. Actually, maybe, maybe I'll actually use this as an opportunity to go somewhere. Right. Yeah, without a doubt. I, you know, and I would, I, I would also offer, Steve, for whoever actually, you know, whoever took time to, to listen to this, which I, which I totally say thank you, is uh, feel free to come up with some suggestions. Like if you want us to talk about, you know, a certain part of the agency that you'd be curious about, please don't hesitate to, to let us know. We honestly don't really have much of an agenda with these podcasts except to just celebrate, you know, who we are as an agency. This is, these podcasts are more for our staff, really, because you have to lead with example. You can't just tell people to take time for themselves. You got to demonstrate that you could do it. It's just like when you go to a manager that sends out emails at midnight and they say, oh, you don't do that. But yet they continue to. You got to be able to walk and talk and do what you do and then be able to demonstrate it to your staff. Because if we don't do it, they don't do it. And we all got to live healthy agency lives. Well, we're going to literally walk and walk and talk and talk. We'll walk the walk and we'll talk the talk. Uh, next edition of uh, the MMNM podcast. Uh, my guests today have been Josh McCasland and Paul Hagopian from Splice. A couple of my favorite guys, not, not the least of which uh, because they have their own Strava group. So. <laughs> but also because they're good guys and they do great work. Uh, when I first met them, uh, Paul told me there's something different here. And I honestly believe that. I see a lot of agencies and I do see something different in the way these guys go about their business. And I'm really looking forward to uh, our next installment so we can drill down a little bit more into the pillars of your culture. Josh, Paul, thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Great. Thanks, Thank you, Steve. You've been listening to the MMM podcast. I'm Steve Madden, editor in chief and general manager of MMM, and uh, we'll see you guys in the next installment. Thanks a lot. <laughs>